Hello and welcome to the Dynasty Guys Fantasy Football Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Tim Goins with Eric Calvert and Adam Dolan. Uh, week one is in the books, guys. What was the most interesting thing you saw this week? Well, I'll go ahead and start. Um, to me, the most interesting thing I saw was actually a tweet by a guy named Brandon Thorne. And it's a block that George Kittle puts on three different guys in week one. And I thought it was pretty interesting because George Kittle, you know, there was a lot of talk in the offseason that he couldn't repeat what he was going to do last year. He's going to get worse. You know, it's definitely regression, stuff like that. And I've been a believer in him, and a lot of it is because of things like that. He's one of those guys that it doesn't matter if he's catching the ball, he's useful on the field because he can do that kind of stuff. And if you look at the really dominant tight ends of the past, the Gronks, those types of people, they're good at blocking, and that's what keeps them on the field. So to me, that was, looking at the dynasty perspective, that means that George Kittle is going to be on that team regardless of whether or not he's getting the passes. He'll be on the field, which helps him to eventually get open on those seam routes and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you were talking one day or the other day about George Kittle's age. Like, I don't think people realize how old he is. Yeah, I mean, he's... It, not that it matters. Not that it matters, but it's one of those things where you see these new up-and-coming tight ends, and typically they're like 28. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I would say he's young <laughs> for a, a tight thing. end, right. but obviously he's younger than uh, Travis Kelsey and the other... Uh, I think he's younger than Zach Ertz, too, so right. he's young in comparison. <laughs> yeah, football old. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I'll go next. I was really shocked and have been shocked by the Bucks defense. I feel like they took a complete 180 from their team <laughs> so far this year. I mean, their offense has been lackadaisical, and their defense has been pretty pretty good. I mean, so I looked up their stats. They're 22.5 points a game in the first two weeks. I think they were probably around 35 last year. Yeah. They're holding teams to only about 305-ish total yards per game. So I had a goal line stand yesterday against the Carolina Panthers. So we'll see what comes uh, with Jameis Winston, their offense and stuff. But I just thought that was really interesting to see Todd Bowles come over, what he's doing with that defense. Yeah, and it's a good thing, too, because they really need the defense to be on the field more with the way that offense has looked. And last night, Peyton Barber took a step forward where they could kind of grind that clock, and that helps that defense not be out there so much. For sure. Well, and getting the ball back in Jameis Winston in the offense's hands is not going to hurt them. So it's a good thing. Yeah, the most interesting thing I saw was, uh, or that I noticed was the Bengals. Uh, you know, they got a new coach, new system. You know, Andy Dalton's airing it out the first week. Uh, you know, they only had 14 rushes compared to 51 pass attempts. So there was a lot of people uh, getting fantasy points in the secondary, which is, you know, we've seen them throw the ball before, but that's the most I've ever seen them throw the ball. So yeah. I just think that's from a from a dynasty standpoint. Anytime you see a regime change like that where you have an increase in production, especially in the secondary, you know, you want you may want to grab those, uh, you know, even third and fourth wide receivers because anybody gets hurt or, you know, there's a game where they're going to throw it quite a bit. Uh, yeah. You know, you're, you've got some some at least some fantasy value sitting on your on your roster. So. Well, and to your point, they threw 51 passes. So yeah. I know we'll talk about this later, but how does that affect Joe Mixon's value or Gio Bernard's value? How are they going to well, run the ball in the past? Then? And vice versa on that was the reason that they did that so much is because Mixon got hurt, so they couldn't run the ball effectively. Right. That's something we're going to have to wait to find out. Exactly. Yeah, it's week week one. You know, we're just we're kind of reviewing week one. We want to make sure people don't overreact. Right. We don't want to overreact, yeah. but we're just trying to point out some of the trends yeah. that we see starting, right? right? That offense is great for fantasy, so we yeah. love seeing it. Well, hey, let's get started with the um, regular part of the show. We're going to be discussing injuries, roster moves, trade targets, projections, and then we're going to end the show today with our muffins of the week. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> So first, let's take a look at the latest injury report and roster moves. Eric, why don't you get us kicked off here? Okay, well, I'm just going to try to run through kind of the fantasy-relevant stuff. Obviously, there are more injuries out there than we're going to report. Um, This is more of, from a dynasty perspective, if if the guys that are maybe the third and fourth strings can move up to the second and third, that kind of stuff is what we're looking at. Um, So obviously, there are things like Gurley practiced. If Gurley's healthy, you're going to play him. That kind of stuff doesn't really matter for dynasty all that much. Um, so let's move on to the Cardinals. Uh, this is the first week that Michael Crabtree will play for the Cardinals. I know they signed him for actually a pretty decent deal, and with the uh, connection with Cliff Kingsbury there, I could see him getting quite a bit of time on the field. Um, 
we don't know what that's going to look like, but I would say that probably affects Keyshawn Johnson more than uh, Fitz or Kirk. So if you you know were happy with Keyshawn Johnson's performance after week one, you might temper expectations because Crabtree's going to be there, and I'm assuming going to be the starter. They haven't really said, but with how much they paid him when they signed him, you know yeah. the money talks most of the time. So yeah, and Bird's been catching a few too, so right. that's probably going to hurt his value quite a bit. I would guess. Yeah. I honestly don't think you're probably playing any of them around this point, except for Fitz and Kirk, obviously. Maybe not yet. But. Well, they're going to throw the football, too. We know that. Right. Kingsbury came into that. They drafted Kyler for that stuff. So we know they're going to be throwing the ball and aerating it. Right. So keep an eye on Crabtree. He's uh, he's going to be a fantasy option maybe later on down the line, depending on how things shake out there. Uh, let's go to the Seahawks. Tyler Lockett was limited, uh, but looks like he's going to play obviously we're big fans of Tyler Lockett. We think he's going to have a real breakout year here, but if he's not DK Metcalf is probably the next guy to step up. I mean, he had a great week one, so if Lockett happens to be out, I think you can fire up DK Metcalf and be pretty confident and he'll produce. It was interesting the first week because DK Metcalf got a lot of targets. And, yeah. you know, Tyler had, what, two catches, I think? Yeah, one catch. One catch. On two, one target. Two, was it <laughs> yeah. one target? I think so. Maybe <clears throat> two, two at the most. I knew it was low. So And and it's, it was hard to tell. Was that because of the injury or just right. because of game planning? So week two is going to tell us, I think, a lot more on that part. Well, and, you know, kind of what we hoped for Lockett this year was that he would be more consistent with the volume. He's always been that guy that can score 10 touchdowns on 50 receptions or whatever, and we were hoping that's not the case this year. So we're going to have to continue to see if – if that is the case, I think you downgrade your expectations for Lockett, you know, for the rest of the year. Um, and just another thing for the Seahawks that's kind of interesting, they have a new um, left guard that they haven't been able to put in yet because he's been injured. But once he's in, his name is Mike Ayupati, I think is how you say it. They've already said he's going to be the starter. So once he gets in the game, that's going to help Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, and even the pass catchers to a degree if Russell Wilson has a little more time. So as you're looking at dynasty perspective, as that line gets better and better, you would expect more production from that offense. So that's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, Okay, so let's move on. Uh, 49ers, Dante Pettis. What do we do with Dante (laughs) Pettis? I mean, he had two snaps, one catch. So, I mean, 50% uh, of his snaps ended in a catch. That's probably a good stat, but don't expect that to continue. Um, I think people are panicking right now on Dante Pettis, and I think some of it may be valid, some of it may not. He was obviously still hurt last week, so he he might just be getting into the groove of things. And if you listen to uh, Shanahan, he doesn't know what he's going to do. I was going to say you just you kind of opened it up with what do, what do, you know what do we do with him? And yeah. I was going to say I don't think the coach or the team knows what they want to do with him. Yeah, I mean it, he's still up in the air. What his usage, play time. Well, it's not just him. It's the entire wide receiver core. Mm -hmm. Every one of them is up in the air right now. Debo was the leading uh, wide receiver, and if you look at his press conference, Shanahan says it's definitely not Debo's job, it's anyone's. That doesn't instill a lot of confidence in anybody. So with that in mind, I'm a huge believer in Trent Taylor. He is the Wes Welker, Julian Edelman type. He was getting peppered with targets in the preseason. Uh, He's hurt for week one, probably going to be out for week two or three, but I think now is the time that you go and get him because he's going to get a lot of targets. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo loved him. So I think if you can go get him now, he might even be on your waiver wire. Um, He's a good option. There was a report, too, that came out today that I just saw. I knew I'd seen something that I guess he had had a groin injury that maybe that may have played a role in it. I don't know because he's speaking to it saying his body's back to normal and he fully expects to be on the field or see more than two snaps. Yeah, you're talking about Pettis. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, obviously. I think So he's speaking to it. His coach didn't say it. He said it. So we'll see. I think he's probably feeling the pressure that he needs to be on the field regardless of the injury. Um, so that can be good or it can be bad. He might re-injure it and he's out for the rest of the year. So. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. And sticking with that team, um, Raheem Mostert is now the RB2 with Tevin Coleman out. Uh, Matt Breida, the RB1. I'm a huge Breida believer, but he's not going to get it all. Uh, I think you can probably start Mostert in most games and get a pretty solid production out of him. Okay, let's keep going. Um, Let's go to the Texans. Kiki Kuti looks like he will play in week two. He's an interesting guy because last year he had 10 or more fantasy points in four of the six games that he played, including the playoff game. Um, so similar to Will Fuller, if he plays, he's a pretty good option. 
Um, that Texans offense, if they have all their weapons, they're just going to be unstoppable this year. So I think if you have any of them, you can feel confident as long as they're fully healthy. So keep an eye on Kiki and make sure that if you have him, that he's going to play before you put him in because it's still kind of up in the air. But it looks mm-hmm. like he's he's possible to go. Was there anything on DeAndre? I saw he hurt his ribs, but I'm, I DeAndre Hopkins, I yeah, think he's, he's probable. He's limited in practice, but my assumption is they're just holding him out to make sure they don't, you know, that aggravate was, anything. That was what they said. Yeah. yeah. Precautionary. Um, the Colts, uh, Devin Funches is on IR. You know, I don't know if there was a lot of upside once Andrew Luck left anyhow, but um, now that he's gone, looks like Deion Kane's going to step into his spot. I would probably steer away from him. Um, I would probably go towards the tight ends because tight ends are pretty valuable there, and I think that uh, Brissett will probably target them more than he would the Funches role anyhow. Well, what do you think about Paris Campbell? It's really early. I mean, I obviously think, he's talented. Right. I think he can do a lot, especially after the catch. You know, he's a Golden Tate type yard mm-hmm. after the catch guy. But it, it's hard to say what Brissett's tendencies are going to be. And, you know, I don't think we're going to know that for a few weeks because people were not game planning for him and they don't have tape on him like they are going to towards right. the end of the year. So right. it's similar to the uh, 49ers. It's a toss up on that team, in my opinion. I don't, I mean, T.Y. Hilton, you can probably start him and be okay. But the rest of them, I, I would. Try to stay away if you can. Okay. Make them prove it first a little yeah. bit. Uh, Jaguars. This one is probably one of the biggest uh, of the year so far. Gardner Minshew is now the QB1 after uh, Nick Foles goes down. So he's looked really good through the preseason and looked really good when he came in after Foles got hurt. So, you know, now if you want Minshew and you believe in him, now's the time to buy because he could be the quarterback of their future. Mm-hmm. So uh, I know you were kind of high on Minshew. I am, and not that I'm not going to say he's Tom Brady, but you know this is the same situation that happened with Tom Brady. You had Drew Bledsoe as their quarterback. You know he comes out. I don't remember if it was the first game of the season, but it was really early in the season and got hurt. And Tom Brady steps in, and Tom Brady looked okay. You know he didn't he didn't flash greatness, but when I remember watching that game, thinking you know hey this guy might have something, so I picked him up on my dynasty team and I had him for, you know, 20 years. So, uh, you know, this guy could be another top fantasy producer. You don't know if there's room on your bench, I would highly suggest stashing him at least and giving him a chance to, you know, work out some kinks and see where it goes. I mean, and I wouldn't even give up on him very soon either because like I was talking about Brady, you know, it took a few years for him to really be you know, a, a big fantasy impact. Right. I mean, he was a good quarterback, but to be a big fantasy impact, it took it took a little while. But you could just see the progression. And this guy seems to have that it factor. You know, it seems like where he just he walks on the field, commands the you know the the guy's attention and and executes. Yeah. So even the media I loves like him. It. I mean, yeah. he's got a great attitude, so that's yeah. that's a, a good thing for him. Yeah. Well, and I would kind of compare him to Daniel Jones or Stidham in New England. I mean, it's kind of a guy that you're taking a chance on. You think he's going to be the future there. Mm-hmm. So obviously I would sure. put those guys in the same role. So if you're going to take a chance on Daniel Jones, I know a lot of people are high or high on him when he right. came out in the preseason was looking awesome. So I right, think yeah. you can take the same chance on this guy. Yeah, and I yeah. I think he's like you said, he's a valuable stash if mm-hmm. you if you miss on him and Foles comes back, you know. Go pick somebody else up. There's right. always another another one waiting. Um, okay, the Packers. Uh, the big deal here is Geronimo Allison versus MVS. Uh, you know, it was all the talk at the offseason, who's going to be that wide receiver too. And Geronimo Allison had zero targets, and MVS had a pretty good game. So I would say uh, if you have MVS, you're probably pretty happy. If, you're, if you have Geronimo, I wouldn't, you know, throw him out just yet, give it another week or two, but it sure looks like MVS is going to be the wide receiver two there. I was going to say oftentimes, especially the first game of the year when you're playing a really tough defense, which they were, right? you know, you can have a defensive scheme or a defensive player that kind of throws chaos into how the the, the roles play out in the on the secondary. So I'm just saying that to say I th- – I think we'd need to watch it a little bit more, but obviously he got the, the bulk of the target. So um, if that continues another week or two, then I would say you're pretty safe and believing that he's going to have that solid second role. Yeah, and I think the other you know indicator there is in the two wide receiver sets, it was always MVS. They weren't you know alternating Switching him and Geronimo. Yeah. So. Well, and I want to add this too, because when we talk about these guys, I, and I think we're all in agreement that, when we say we're low on somebody like a Geronimo against a Valdez-Scantling, 
We're not saying to get rid of these guys. You're right. keeping these guys. Right. It's just not an every week starter. We're saying that you need to see something right. else from these guys to put them in your lineup. But right. absolutely do not drop these guys. Yeah. You may look to try to trade them away or do whatever you can, but yeah. you're going to have roster spots in a dynasty league. So don't right. do not get rid and, of these guys. And we're going to have a segment coming up in a little bit on you know trade targets people right. to move on from and that type of thing so right good point yeah let's yeah. not get not dump them yet yep okay let's move on to the bills uh really the only thing here is cole beasley's out with an illness i don't know that a lot of people are playing him but shocker yeah <laughs> yeah from a cowboys uh yeah. stance, you you probably know this well right so we had the randall cobb cole beasley debate earlier and that's exactly what i was telling you yeah yeah, yeah i don't think that uh you're probably going to play his replacement in buffalo mm-hmm. so let's move on from him the Jets, Sam Darnold has mono, and he will be out for at least a few weeks. I think they have a week four bye, so a lot of people are thinking week five will probably be the first week he's back. Um, Trevor Simeon is now the uh, incumbent, so he'll be the guy out there. I, you know, I'm not a huge believer in Trevor Simeon, so to me that downgrades Robbie Anderson and pretty much the rest of that offense. Um, and Robbie Anderson is hurt. Bell is hurt. Pretty much the whole team is hurt. So if you have a Jets player, I would, you know, uh, maybe expect a little less than you were from them because it, it's Un- not looking good. Right. Unlike Minshew, we're not saying pick up Trevor Simeon. Right. Right. <laughs> I mean, not e- probably not even if you just need a, a bye week replacement for somebody, unless it's he's the last one out there. Yeah. If you're in a super flex, maybe. But other than that, I don't. Maybe. I don't see. I it. think there'd be better. Yeah. Even on yeah. the waiver wire, you know. Well, and the most disappointing thing to me, from especially from a dynasty standpoint, obviously, is in Sam Darnold. I know we had read some reports saying he's basically lost the year because he mono is one of those things that it's it takes away your energy. It's a very lethargic yes. thing. You cannot yeah. get the right reps, and even when you're out there, you just don't look good. So it's basically, I think the Jets were even reporting it almost feels like a wasted year because he hasn't he didn't get the full training camp to kind of he's kind of looked this way for a while, and they just kind of realize that he has mono so i think from a dynasty aspect you're kind of setting all those guys back a year so i mean if you saw adam gaze's uh press conference where he basically told the media that he was going to be out it was like someone stole his puppy i mean he couldn't even look up from the podium he was so you know down on the year so i I would agree it's probably going to be a huge setback for that team well it's just it's such a you know a tough illness because it there's no timetable where you're going to say yeah two or three weeks they're back I mean, it could be months. Right. I mean, he could he could miss the whole year. Uh, you know, I had a cousin that had mono, and she was out for nine or ten months. I mean, like almost bedridden. So, I mean, and she hasn't been on NFL football field. Can you imagine this? Guy? I know. So I, I just yeah, I I have a little outlook right. that yeah. or, or optimism that he's going to be back soon. Don't be kissing out there, people. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. Is, you, are you, is that all you've got That's today? That's all I've got so, so Adam, far. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So I'll start. we got a few to run through. Um, Jordan Reed, concussion. I don't think we're expecting I don't know Shocker. if we're expecting him to play. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's in and out all the time. So, I mean, I, they've got Vernon Davis there. I don't know that they've any, got any depth that if Vernon Davis goes out, there's something going to be there. But Case Keenum's there. You never know. Something may happen. Uh, yeah, New York. Uh, Sterling Shepard's out with concussion. He's officially out this week. I really don't think... As far as this week is concerned, or even moving forward, you're starting anybody on that Giants team with confidence, other than Evan not Ingram. named, not named Evan Ingram or yep. Saquon Barkley. Right. So, I mean, I think the hope, at least for me, and I'm no Giants fan, but my hope, if I have somebody on that team, is that Daniel Jones takes over soon, that we see something into the future. I just am not sure that Eli has it. And I think that the team kind of sees that, yep. so or at least feels that maybe inside their locker room. So. Uh, on to Pittsburgh, uh, Juju's got a toe injury. Looks like he's going to play. Um, James Conner, he's got an illness, but he seems to have these lingering things come back and forth. Yeah. So it's definitely worth the mention to pick up Jalen Samuels or Benny Snell Jr. just in case. Stash those guys, put them on your bench. They've. It's Mike Tomlin has a tendency to lean on the running back when they have that as far as a workhorse goes. Yeah. So when Jalen Samuels is in there, they're using him. He's getting the volume. He's getting the production. So I don't see that changing any. So. Worth stashing those guys. I would um, also like to throw out Josh Dobbs left that team to go be the backup at uh, Jacksonville. So Mason Rudolph might be worth a stash if he's available. Sure. Um, I think he's 
pretty decent quarterback. So we know with James Washington there too, they've got that connection. It's right. almost like a Dwayne Haskins McLaurin situation, kind of. Yep, <laughs> they've already got that connection set up. So um, yeah, mixing with the ankle, we know he's he's seems to be dinged up all the time. Geo just signed a contract. He signed it through 2021, so he's definitely a guy. I know everybody was high on him on the waivers. Yeah, He only had two receptions for the 42 yards, but if Mixon's going to be out at any length with the air raid offense they have, I could see this guy being, honestly, I would start him with confidence this week yeah. in San Francisco. I would too. So, And obviously, he's somebody that you can trust, and, and if you have him on your team, that's fortunate for you. So, Yeah, and I would, this speaking just to this week, if Joe Mixon does play, he's a scary start to me. Because he could re-aggravate it. They haven't really been looking great on that side of the ball, you know, as far as the run game in the preseason anyhow. So, to me, I would be worried to start Joe Mixon. You probably have to, um, based off of where you got him and, you know, your other available options. But if you can avoid it, you might try to hold out for another week or two. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree with that for sure. And they obviously, I think we had talked about this too, but they had drafted an offensive lineman in their first round that they lost at the very beginning of the year right. in the preseason, in practice kind of stuff. Was it preseason or practice? Either way, he didn't make it into right. any game time. So I think that definitely sets them back as far as the running game goes. Um, Cleveland, OBJ's got his hit, but he looks like he's going to play. Um, Higgins need, you guys know, he's limited, questionable. I think he's going to play. Um but Dontrell Hilliard had a concussion, so I don't. I doubt he's going to play. He hasn't participated in practice all week, so I would upgrade that Dearness Johnson that they've got on their depth chart. I would put him in and stash him. Nick Chubb is almost a – he had the same injury almost that Todd Gurley had. Look at Todd Gurley now. We can't really trust him. He's one of those guys that we don't know how things are going to react, so injuries can happen at any time. He's a guy that could step in and be productive for that Cleveland offense that we expect to be high-flying at some point. Um, Baltimore – I don't know what to think about that offense. I think anybody – they almost are like the Green Bay Packers or New Orleans Saints or Rams. It's At this point, after the first game of the season, you could play any of those guys and you yeah. feel with confidence, especially with their schedule coming up. So Hollywood Brown, he's got the foot injury, so I'm, I don't know. We don't know how many snaps we're going to see from him. but And we – you know, with Boykin and – or uh, yeah, Boykin – we have no idea how that wide receiver set is going to shake out. We have no idea how Lamar Jackson's going to look again as we go further into the season. So I think you almost can take your pick from those guys and see which ones emerge. Yeah, I, I think the uh, tight ends are probably the more sure thing. Mark Andrews has looked really good, but that first week was such an anomaly to what that team has done in the past, and it's really hard to trust all the pass catchers in that offense in the future for me. Um, so obviously week two will tell us a little bit more, even though they still have kind of a soft schedule. But I, I would uh, probably shy away from expecting what has already happened to happen again in week two. Sure. Yeah, so I have Josh Doxon went on the IR today. I mean, he's I've seen somebody I stashed. He looked awesome at TCU. That's all I can say because he hasn't done anything as far as he's been in the NFL. He went to Washington. They've had a revolving door of quarterbacks since he got in the NFL. So. We know he can do it. He produced in college. They used a first-round draft pick on him. We don't know what's going to be seen there. He went to Minnesota. It may take an injury from Diggs or Thielen, which is obviously with Diggs is very possible to see some action. And obviously this is for next year. He's on the IR. He's not going to play for this year. Yeah. So if you have the room to stash him, stash him. If you don't, let him go. Um, and last, Chicago. Um, Trey Burton's got the groin issue. We know they like to use the tight end. They like to get the ball out of Trubisky's hands. They don't trust him, I don't think, from what we can see. Nagy doesn't seem to trust him. He seems to trust more of his system than he does um, in his own play calling than he does Trubisky's ability to make some plays. So I think they've got a guy named Adam Shaheen who is a good pickup. If Trey Burton's out in any capacity, if it's somebody that you want to stash as a tight end that could be good, uh, Trey Burton averaged about 7.5 points per game last year in that offense, who I, I don't think is supremely talented. I think... That offense is a system that you can plug a guy like a Sheehan in there. You can get seven, eight points out of him every week, and you can trust him to be there. So Yeah. Well, they were actually really high on Shaheen before they had Trey Burton. They thought he was going to be their guy, and he just kept getting injured and injured right. and injured. So as far as the talent goes, he might be every bit as good as Trey Burton or better. It was more of a can-he-stay-on-the-field issue. Right. And Trey Burton had 77 targets last year, so they definitely like to use those guys. So definitely a guy worth watching, putting on your bench, seeing what happens with the Trey Burton issue. Mm -hmm. Okay, I just have a few um, 
I'll just talk about Mahomes because you know a lot of us watched him sprain his ankle week one, but he has been a full participant the last few days in practice, so he should be good to go. Um, I just thought it was interesting. He made the comment that they're you know they're going to be playing in Oakland this week and. His dad pitched games in that same stadium, hmm. and so he was excited about being able to play ball on the same field that his dad did. So, not that he needs any more motivation, but you know, um, this one's kind of a dark horse. Uh, Byron Pringle, you know, he plays for Kansas City. He looked good in the preseason. I really thought he was going to make the team. Uh, he actually, I think, was on it for a short time, but they've just put him on the practice squad. So, you know, if you have him. Uh, he's probably not going to get a chance to play this year unless there's you know more injuries from the in the wide receiver core. Uh, for the Chargers, Hunter Henry is out. Uh, Mike Williams is also on the injury report, but uh, I think he might be good to go. But just you know check check before the game starts to make sure he's he's ready. Um, any of the other Chargers tight ends, I don't I would not recommend. Um, you know, if you need a sub for Henry, I'd probably look somewhere else, maybe like Vernon Davis, especially if Jordan Reed's still out, something like that. But I don't have uh, any confidence in the other uh, Charger tight ends. For the Saints, uh, Ted Ginn is currently on the injury report, so you want to monitor that, obviously. Uh, if he is injured, Tracon Smith uh, could be a starter for the game. Uh, and he's, he should be considered possibly anyway, even if ten, Ted Ginn plays. But... Uh, you know, the Saints-Rams game could be a pretty high-scoring affair. So, um, you know, that that might be someone you want to pick up at least as a flyer. Yeah, it'll be good to see Traquan. If if Ted Ginn is injured, it will be good to see him as the clear two to see if he can step up. See what he can produce. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's a pretty exciting player. Yeah. It'll be good to see that. Uh, for the Patriots, uh, we all know Antonio Brown, you know, signed with them. Uh, we're not going to get into any of the legal matters, but uh, it looks like he's not going to be put on the uh, commissioner's list. So, uh, you know, if he if he plays, he's going to be somebody you probably want to play. Um, I think if he does play, people like Dorsett are probably going to lose a lot of playing time. Yeah, I think it directly affects Dorsett. I think Edelman yeah. and Josh Gordon are probably still going to be about what they have been. Yeah, but Dorsett is pretty much non-existent. Would yeah. be my guess. Well, yeah. and here's a good question because I think I weigh this in my mind. If I'm an Antonio Brown owner, what do you do with him? Like, do you trust that he's? Do you trust that the same thing that happened to Tyreek is going to happen and he's going to stay there and get a contract extension? Is he going to be with the Patriots? Is he going to be on the football field? Like, what advice do we give to the Antonio Brown owner that says, "Hey"? I don't know what the future is going to be. Do I wait till he has one good week and try to get rid of him? Do I hold on to him and hope that his value comes forth and that he plays and that he gets the <laughs> goes to counseling or whatever yeah. he needs? But I think it depends on your team. If you have a lot of safe options and you want the upside, you probably are more likely to play him. Um, I would not play him this week personally. Just either way, because I don't think he probably has had enough time. That's a offense that is notoriously hard to learn and they have other good options and he has this off the field stuff to me it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for him to play even if he gets suits up but you know bill belichick surprises us all the time so well and i don't even mean this week i just mean in his future so obviously we're projecting we're thinking this is our dynasty league what do i want to do with him this guy is a wide receiver one when he's playing football yeah. so do we take the chance on him I agree with Eric. I think it. I think it has a lot to do with your roster. If he was on my roster, I'll just say what say this. If he was on my roster, and I don't want him, I would try to find somebody who's interested now, or wait until he has a really big week, and then trade him for somebody that I would prefer to have. You know, maybe with even longer upside. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then get rid of him. I think his value is pretty much at an all-time low right now. This is, is not too. when you want to trade him. Yeah. In, in my opinion. So you go after yeah. this. Wait, well, let's see. Who who would even be a fan of Antonio right yeah, now? I don't, I don't <laughs> think there the are Patriots many of them out there. I was going to say yeah. the Steelers fans, but yeah. they definitely wouldn't want him. But that's why I said that. I mean, if somebody wants him, <laughs> trade him. But right. otherwise, yeah, I agree with Eric. Wait until he you know brings his uh, value up and then get rid of him. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what I would do. 
So, all right, well, that uh, finishes the first segment. We're going to move on to trade targets, trending up or down. So I'm going to start with the uh, trending up. Um, I've got Matt Ryan trending up. I know he started kind of high this year, but he's, you know, the week one was was uh, not very good, and a lot of people were kind of down on him. But I think you should trend him up, um, especially this week. Uh, you know, he's um, he's going against the same the Eagles team that gave up uh, 380 yards to Case Keenum last week and three touchdowns. So if you believe Matt Ryan is a better quarterback and has better receivers, uh, that could that's probably his floor. Yeah, and so. I don't know how you don't believe that. <laughs> well, so, exactly. I, yeah. I mean, I was saying that tongue in cheek. Right. But yes. So. Well, I think is it at home? I think they're playing at home too. Maybe. Uh, I don't remember. I mean, we playing. know that they're notoriously better in their dome. So, so yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Yeah. And you know, we know that the Eagles' back end just isn't near as good as their front end. So it just right. is one of those things. Just like if Case Keenum can yeah. expose them, surely Matt Ryan can. Well, and the Falcons, you know, they did this last year when they opened the game and they had a dud on Thursday night, and then they were like the best offense of the league pretty right. much after that. So. Yeah. I think you're probably pretty safe exactly. with the Falcons' offense. Yeah. Well, and, and two, you know, we've got to remember that Dirk Cutter's coming back. So they did just get their offensive coordinator back, who's running a, a different offense than they ran last year. So it's going to be something that they're adjusting to. They lost their right guard that they had just drafted, that they had a lot of confidence in. It seemed that their pass blocking was great, but their run blocking was terrible. So And, and obviously, Minnesota just controlled that whole entire game. So I definitely agree with you guys that <laughs> the Falcons left a lot to be desired, but they definitely have nowhere to go but up. Yeah, weird things happen in week one. <laughs> I've got a couple more trending up. Uh, Preston Williams with Miami. He looks real good. He looked good in preseason. He got a touchdown in the first game. Uh, you know, the, the, the bad part is he's on Miami – there's a lot of there, well, <laughs> there, and there's bad. a lot of discord on the team right now, and I know a lot of the, there's reports that a lot of the players are wanting to uh, or they're asking for trades or uh, you know to be traded. So that that could implode on him. We don't know, yeah. but he seems to be very excited and he seems to be very dedicated. Uh, so I I just believe that he's going to keep moving up, uh, he, and he might do it regardless of how bad they are this year. So, uh, of course, Nicole Hardman is another one for Kansas City. You know, he, he was kind of the planned replacement for Tyree Kill when they were drafting, and they thought they might not have Tyree Kill. And so, you know, he's, he's probably going to be plugged into that Tyree Kill role. Um, I'm not expecting him to get the same amount of production or possibly even targets that uh, Tyreek had. But if I remember Tyreek's rookie year he had 700 and some yards and you know several touchdowns so i mean it's it wouldn't be it wouldn't surprise me if Nicole had 100 yards in his touchdown his first time out now he's probably not going to do that every week but i think he's definitely trending up now tyreek may come back sooner they they keep saying it's like a week to week thing it seems like hearing about the injury he's going to be out a little bit longer but they didn't they did not put him in ir so yeah uh chances are he'll be back sooner than later and we already talked about Gardner Minshew, so I won't talk about him again, uh, you know, the, the new quarterback for the Jaguars. Um, the other two that I just want to throw out as a blanket statement are the New England Patriots offense and the Raiders offense. We kind of already talked about the New England Patriots offense, but the Raiders offense has been about the same. They're, they've looked really good the first week. I mean... Uh, Shockingly good, to yeah, be I was, frank, because yeah, we I were not surprised. expecting anything from them this year. Yep. Yeah. I agree. So, you know, it's it's um, it's Waller, Tyrell Williams, Josh Jacobs, and I'm going to say even uh, Hunter Renfro might be getting a few more looks, you know, as they work him into the into the game. So anyway, Eric, uh, who do you have for trending up? Well, a lot of these guys we've already talked about to a certain degree, but my first one would be Kiki Kuti. Um, like I said, if he plays, he's generally pretty good. Um, that offense has looked incredible so far. Um, in the preseason and of course in week one so obviously I, I'm high on any Texans wide receiver but last year whenever he was playing he was generally the number two target behind DeAndre Hopkins and in that offense with how bad their offensive line is they're going to be throwing the ball and they're trying to get rid of it quick a lot and that's kind of what Kiki QT excels at mm. so to me that he's he's definitely trending upward just because of his offense and his uh, opportunity inside of it 
Um, the next one, Mark Andrews. I mean, everybody is mm-hmm. kind of on him right now. But I feel like he has fallen through the cracks a little bit because you've got the guys like Darren Waller that kind of showed up out of nowhere that everyone's talking about. Um, and a lot of people still believe that Hayden Hurst might take away some of his uh, opportunity. But even though they had an amazing week one, I don't expect the Ravens offense to look like that. And when Lamar Jackson gets a little bit of pressure, he's going to start throwing to the tight end just like he always has. And that, in my opinion, Mark Andrews is the best pass-catching tight end on that offense. So I would say that if you can go get him now, he's not going to be as cheap as he was before week one, but he's going to get more and more expensive. Mm-hmm. So if you can get him now, I think it's a good idea. And then my last one, and it's almost impossible to believe that he could get more hype than he had coming into the preseason, but Chris Godwin is, in my opinion, he's the wide receiver one on that team now. Um, like like we had said, we've now seen two games where Mike Evans has not looked that great and Chris Godwin has been really good. And I know Mike Evans has been sick. And I think he has more value than he's shown so far. But Chris Godwin is getting double the targets. He's getting open more. And he he's the type of player that makes Jameis Winston better than Mike Evans because Mike Evans is more downfield where Chris Godwin is catching it closer and doing stuff after the catch. So, like I said, it's kind of impossible to believe that he could get even more hype, but Chris Godwin is definitely trending up to me. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, and you could tell last night from the game that Byron Leftwich calling plays, it seemed like he was really trying to get the ball out of Winston's hands a lot faster. They understand yeah. their, um, let's see, their their shortcomings at, on the offensive line, so they understand they need to run these short routes, these little screens, these five-yard out, five outs that Godwin seems to turn into 14, 15, 16-yard plays. Yeah, so I agree. Yeah, so I got a few trending up, guys. Uh, I sound like a homer, but I'm going to start with uh, Michael Gallup. He's a second-year guy, but he just looked awesome. I mean, especially across from um, Amari Cooper. I, we know that the Dallas offense is not going to look like that every single week. I would love for them to, but they're just not going to. I'll just weigh in as not a Dallas fan. <laughs> I agree with you. I yeah. think Gallup's looking really good. I mean, he yes. just—he almost looks like Amari Cooper. You know, they kind of have he almost does. a similar style. So I could see him being a one A to to Amari Cooper mm-hmm. as opposed to the wide receiver too. So they got a lot of weapons there. He obviously went seven for one fifty eight. I mean, he's playing the Giants, so we can't put too much into it. But he's in that second year, so let's see if he can take that big leap. I would definitely go after him if I could before every single person knows his name. So. Yeah. In the same division, Terry McLaurin. I know we've talked yeah. about him a little bit, too. Um, he just looks like a beast. I mean, he went, let's see, five for 125 and a touchdown with Case Keenum. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know Dwayne Haskins is there. They're buddies. For his future value, yeah. it's only going to go up, in yeah. my opinion. This guy is just a stud. So, well, and he also had a touchdown that would have wide open, and, of course, Case Keenum overthrows him. <laughs> right. You know, So if he hits that, now you're looking at two touchdowns and maybe 160, 170 yards. I mean, that's a huge game. Sure. And he could just easily be easily be the wide receiver one there. He yep. just doesn't have a lot of competition. And yep. they like to throw the ball. So There's basically no competition aside from tight ends, and right. both of their tight ends get hurt all the time. <laughs> so Yeah, so that's it for the trending ups. Um, Tim, okay. you good with trending downs? Uh, yeah, so trending downs. I've got uh, Cam Newton. You know, he's... I don't know what to do with him yet. I, I'm not going to give up on him. I mean, if you have him on your team, you guys might disagree. I don't. I wouldn't be cutting him or anything. I might be trading him if somebody's still high on him. Um, but I just, I, I still don't. I see him doing the same as he did at the end of last year when he was hurt. I can't see a difference. So, um, you know, it and it's just the eye test. I mean. He did, you know, last night he, he was 25 of 51 for 333. He didn't have any touchdowns, but, I mean, you know, those are just kind of luck sometimes. So, you know, he, he probably could have easily had one or two. But, uh, you know, like I said, jury's still out on that, but I think he's I think he's at least trending down. Um, just to weigh in on him too. Sure. If I'm the Cam Newton owner, I go find a way to get Will Greer because I told you earlier today – I would honestly be surprised if he makes it through this year, even if it's just injury. I just he looks so uncomfortable throwing the ball. We know he's he hurt. Does. I, he has I, to I, be. I had heard him say a statement, something along the lines of, "Well, you know, I have to play better despite my injuries, whether it's my foot or my shoulder." We didn't know his yeah. foot was hurt. So clearly, I, I don't know if he was sending signals or what, but it, it makes you feel like he has more injuries going on, and I don't think he's right 
in his mind as yeah. far as the team is concerned. So I could definitely see that team, if they continue to struggle and lose games, moving forward with a Will Greer like and see how yeah. he can lead the team. Well, if we'll just compound on that. Tim said he is not moving on from Cam Newton, and I am. I've I've seen it before where he if he tries to throw the ball, he's not a good quarterback. It's just like Jameis Winston, you go out there and you overthrow everyone constantly and you you know you, you just don't that's not what you're good at you're good at other things and cam newton is good at running the ball when he was the mvp of the nfl he was running the ball all the time so far through two games he has five rushes for negative two yards that's not going to get it done so i i do own him in a league and i'm looking for ways out if i can find them all right uh so uh trubisky's on my list he he is he still doesn't look very good and he's very inconsistent. I mean, he'll have a few good plays and then he'll have several bad plays yeah. and you know, it's just hard for me to believe in him right now. So, he's another one that personally I'm not going to drop him if he's on my dynasty team. I might trade him if there's a big Bears fan that wants him and try to get some value for him. Uh, I just don't see him really improving to the point where I'm going to be playing him all the time. So, and the other two, I'm just going to blanket like I did on the trending up, uh, the Broncos offense and the Dolphins offense. <laughs> I mean, both of them, both of them look bad. Yeah. Um, I I probably have a little bit more optimism for the Broncos offense. Uh, the the problem though, you know, in the running back uh, battle is Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay still kind of on a timeshare. We, you know, they were I think one. Uh, carry from being exactly even yep. in the in the first game. So, uh, you know, who knows what's going to shake out there. If you have both of those guys or even one of them, I would still hold on to them because if one of them gets hurt, I think the other one's going to go off. Yeah. I mean, there'll be a fantasy stud. But while they're both healthy, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I probably have a little bit more optimism on the, on the wide receivers. Cortland Sutton had a really good week one. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, you know, not too bad, but he's looked really good in the preseason. Yeah. And if Flacco can just get him the ball, you know, if he can just game manage it and get him the football, I think they could both have a decent year. So although I think they're trending down, I still have some optimism for them. The Dolphins offense, except for Preston Williams, I got, I got nothing. I think if you're I wouldn't have I wouldn't own a player on their offense other than him right yeah, now. It's so, a wasteland. Yes. Well, the I only guess. advice I would give too in our dynasty style is it it's sad but what you're really hoping for if you drafted a Preston Williams or somebody even on the Broncos, more so the Miami Dolphins, you're hoping for a trade or you're hoping for some sort of movement. So yeah. you you you're you can draft those guys and if you have them that's fine, but that's just something that you're going to have to have that mindset that I'm maybe waiting a few years for something to happen with this guy's career before exactly. he produces. Well, the good thing is they're awful, so they're going to have a lot of good draft picks. And if even if they weren't awful, they're going to tank to where they're awful. So they might end up with a Tua or a uh, Trevor – what's the guy from Trevor Clemson? Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. They might end up with one of those guys where all of a sudden their value is through the roof if they've got a quarterback that can get them the ball. That's the thing about Dynasty. You have to be patient on those types of guys that are really talented that are in a bad situation and just hope their situation gets better. Sure. The problem with the Dolphins, though – is even when they had a little better quarterbacks, it seemed like they didn't really produce. Yeah. So right. I'm not sure their talent level is to the to the point where if they got a good quarterback, yeah. I mean, they would have to have a stud like a Brady or a Breeze to really make them a fantasy standout right. to me. Well, you, you mentioned Brady. The kind of the thing in my mind, what made them so bad was their coaching. They have a lot of coaches from the Patriots now, and they came from Adam Gaze. Mm -hmm. and, and I think anything is a step up from Adam Gaze. True. So I have a little optimism that there is some potential there. I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I have a little optimism that their coaching staff will get it right and you know, give them some time. Well, and we have a good example when in Kenny Sills. Somebody who was there, has some talent, doesn't do anything, you know, you, you just have this hope for him that his talent's just out going to weigh the team, the black hole that is the, the <laughs> Miami Dolphins, but he gets traded to Houston. Mm -hmm. I know we don't know what his role's going to be, but obviously if you're an owner of Kenny Stills, you 
Oh, you're I am I am an owner. I have him in one of my yeah. leagues. So you're thinking, man, this guy's the limit. We don't yeah. know how they're going to use him. Will Fuller's right. always hurt. They may put him in that role, and he may succeed. Well, so. he could be the wide receiver four at Houston and do better than the wide receiver one right. in Miami. Right. Sure. Sure. Okay, Eric, who do you have trending down? Okay, so for my first trending down, it's A.J. Green. Um, it's unfortunate, but it's a fact that in professional sports, if you're not playing, you can lose your job very easily. And if you look at that offense, John Ross looked pretty good. And I'm not saying he's going to take A.J. Green's job, but I feel like whenever A.J. Green gets healthy, he's not just going to come back and be the A.J. Green of old where he gets hyper-targeted and he's the guy. I feel like with that new coaching regime, they're going to spread the ball around. Obviously, Tyler Boyd's kind of already broken out. And with John Ross there, I don't see A.J. Green getting the volume that he needs to sustain that wide receiver one that he's been in the past. So for me, I, I would try to get rid of A.J. Green if you get a good offer for him. Otherwise, you hold on, hope he has a few good weeks, and then try to get rid of him. Because especially in Dynasty, he's 31 years old. He, he's on the downhill slope, so... Um, I just I don't see a lot of good coming from his situation. Well, but I, I only disagree in the aspect that when he's on the field, he is a top 10 wide receiver. He produces. I mean, I know he gets a lot of targets, but Julio Jones is 30. So I know he doesn't have the same type of injury history, but I guess in my mind, really what you're weighing is, am I willing to risk his injury? If you can take the up and down roller coaster of his injury history then absolutely keep him. But if you're one of those people that you're not very risk-averse and you do not want to deal with his ups and downs, I would get rid of him. But when he's on the field, he is an absolute start, typically. Especially well, in the high-flying offense they have now, I would expect... Well, that that's the argument, is 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 it the offense of old, or is there a new offensive regime that just gets the ball to the open person? Well, I would argue that helps him. I mean, I would say that they have Marvin Lewis has held him back. I mean, if only... if. If anything, he's been hyper-targeted and he's been, he didn't have the ability or the offensive scheme and the uh, volume of throws that he may have now when he comes back. Yeah, I think, I mean, obviously we'll have to wait and see with his injury history and that team seemingly going to a different style. I don't see him being what he was, but we'll find out. Um, so continuing on with the, the trending down people, Corey Davis. I mean, this guy, I I don't think a lot of people were real high on him going into this uh, season to begin with, but A.J. Brown looked good, that entire offense looked good, and Corey Davis did absolutely nothing. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying necessarily it's time to move on. I think you hope he gets traded to a different area. You know, if a he new goes, quarterback. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if he ends up in the Patriots or something like that, he's probably going to be good again. But as of right now, I don't see Corey Davis doing anything valuable. So those are my trending down people. So are you trying to move him? I mean, is it? I mean, obviously we're not going to drop. I think yeah. he's too talented of a guy to draw. But I mean, I don't know where his value is not very high. So yeah. Are you trading him for a future pick? I well, mean, I mean, I could if if I would or I could, I would. I but would I just him. don't think yeah. you can right now. <laughs> What's his value? Right. Right. I would trade him for a future pick if I you would. Could yeah. Get one. Yeah. <laughs> but like Eric said, he may not have the value to do that. Yeah. So my trending downs are Big Ben. I think we all can agree on that. I mean, <laughs> we we don't know how much longer Big Ben's going to last. I think he'll bounce back this week, but as the season progresses, I just he just doesn't seem to be the same guy. He doesn't. I mean, they don't throw the ball down the field more than five yards, and he just doesn't. He doesn't seem to have that ability that he used to have to escape the pocket, shove off a pass rusher, and throw yeah. the ball down the field. I mean, he clearly doesn't have Antonio anymore, but he's still got plenty of competent weapons. They don't use James Washington very well. Right. I don't know if that's him or if that's the offensive scheme they have or Mike Tomlin calling plays or whoever they got calling plays over there. So I absolutely think that this Big Ben has one foot out the door. I think yeah. you guys agree with me, but... Week one really just shook my confidence in that team as a whole, and not just because they got destroyed by the Patriots. I mean, that's kind of what the Patriots do. That's fine. But the way that it happened, they just couldn't get anything going, and they finally get a drive where they're going, and they get to the one-yard line, and they kick a field goal when they're down 20 to nothing. I mean, that's just bad coaching. I don't know why they did that, but that shows me that their offense is not in the mindset that their offense used to be where they tried to score all the time. And they were the team that never kicked field goals and most of the time went for two-point conversions versus kicking the extra point. And now all of a sudden, it's like they don't even want to score. So sure. I would well, agree. And to speak on that, as far as downgrading, I know we talked kind of about the Jets. 
if the Steelers come out and their offense looks bad again, I think Juju is an absolute perfect guy to go after. Yes, I agree. Because his I I think his value is still it's teetering if he has a bad week this week. I could see the owner, if I'm the owner, getting a little discouraged about yep. that. So that's definitely somebody whose upside is so high as soon as they move on from Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, if you could take like a an AJ Green and maybe one of these up and coming tight ends that are really hot right now and turn that into Juju, do it all day. Right. So yeah, my other guy I'm saying with the same team is Moncrief. Yeah. I just, I'm in the same breath. I want to expand upon it, but for all of the same reasons, I just, I have zero confidence in not starting those guys. It's hard to believe he would get the same amount of targets going forward every game. It's hard to believe. I just, yeah, I just, I <laughs> it's can't Big Ben. So, I, yeah, the Steelers have done a lot of things that are hard to believe recently. I mean, it's so. hard to believe they didn't run the ball more. I right. mean, you've got James Conner, who was actually pretty productive, and they still, I mean, it just. It seemed like they were actually stepping on their own feet. Yeah, so it was bad. Okay, well that uh, concludes our segment on uh, trending down players. Let's move on. The next segment we have is trade targets or time to move on from. <laughs> so, uh, Adam, why don't you get us started? These, of course, these are players that um, we're going to uh, offer up that you want to target in trades or you want to uh, trade away. You know. So go ahead, Adam. Okay, yeah, so I'll start. I know we've talked about him just a little bit, but it's Mike Evans. Um, Maybe I read too much into his illness, but I think that offense has really struggled to get going. I think Evans, what what is he, 28 years old, 29? I mean, they've got Godwin. They have a million weapons there. Watching the game last night, Evans dropped a touchdown pass in the end of the first quarter. So he catches that ball, and all of a sudden your view on Evans is just a little bit different. He scores 15 points or whatever instead of his eight. So I think he's one of those guys that I could see being frustrated as a fantasy owner that I'm not sure if I can – Put out, throw out a good comparison to, or who I would extend to trade to just to, um, um, somebody like a Sammy Watkins, honestly. I know we may disagree on this, but somebody that I personally don't trust to stay healthy throughout the whole year, I would try to trade a Sammy Watkins for a Mike Evans and see if somebody's going to bite just based off his 40 point first week. So, and I think that that would be a win for the Mike Evans owner if, <clears throat> if Mike Evans does stay healthy. Yeah, if you could do that, 100% do it. Because even though I think that Chris Godwin has taken over the wide receiver one role there, if they just switch roles from what people expected, people expected Chris Godwin to be like a wide receiver 11, wide receiver 12. I'm happy with that from Mike Evans. If I get, you know, if I trade for Sammy Watkins, like I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, so my second trade target would be um, Matt Ryan. I think we've talked about him too. We've kind of expanded a little bit, but I expect with Dirk Cutter that offense to be right back where it was and... 20, what, he was there, 2015 and 2017 or something. So anyway, they went to the Super Bowl with him. Their offense was one of the best in the league. So yeah. I <clears throat> I would trade almost any quarterback not named Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes to go get him. So I just think that that offense has too many weapons, and they've obviously got that guy back. They know what works. So Yeah, I don't know that I would go that far. But, I mean, obviously <clears throat> I, mean, I think he's good, but the age difference between him and some of these guys, I don't know that I would – make that trade well give me an example Dak yeah I mean Dak has a higher floor maybe I mean so I think it's easy to forget that Matt Ryan was what the QB2 last year yeah. I mean he's what 34 years old he probably still has at least three or four years in him if I'm trading for a guy and I can get a guy like a Matt Ryan that's going to be a top 10 quarterback for the next four years then I think that's not an unsuccessful trade yeah I, I just would I would caution against that because you can get someone like Prescott for 12 years that is a top 10 ever i mean i think he's been a top 10 fantasy wide receiver fringe fantasy, but yes he's yeah, yes. fantasy quarterback so you know it just depends on how you value that's obviously that's how trades work some people value people differently than you do so i agree though he's definitely a trade target af- after he had a bad week but um i don't know that i'm with you on who i would trade for him okay um I just have a two or three here. So uh, David Montgomery is one of them. Uh, I thought he looked the best of the three running backs on the Chicago Bears team uh, week one, and he got the fewest touches of the three. So if you can find a David Montgomery owner that's you know maybe disenchanted now that uh, he didn't do that much and he wasn't the lead back, I would try to target him. I 
like I said, I believe he's the, he has the skills. I believe he already looked the best on the team in game one. And I don't think, I think Maggie, no, sorry, I think Matt Nagy is smart enough to realize that and start giving him a bigger workload. So he called it, plays like a Maggie. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he did. So I tried to put his name together there. Uh, the second one I have is Alexander Madison. He's a, he's a backup to Dalvin Cook on the Vikings. He came in for a few plays uh, in week one, and I thought he looked as good as Dalvin. I mean, he didn't have the same number of opportunities, so he didn't get to do as much. But the times when he touched the ball, he looked explosive, fast, elusive. I mean, I was impressed with him. I was impressed in preseason, but probably even more so in actual game time against the number one, you know, defense of the other team. So um, I would try to target him as well. And then, of course, Calvin Ridley, and that's probably not a uh, one that you're going to – you would get very easily. But I think he just – he seems to have taken that next step. He only had one touchdown this week, but he was tackled two yards short of a touchdown, of a second touchdown. Yeah. And then Julio Jones comes in and steals that touchdown from him on the next play. They throw it to Julio. So, um, you know, and he's catching passes from Matt Ryan, and we're, we think Matt's going to have a big year. So I just believe that those those three are the ones that I think you should target if you can. I would trade a lot of way to, to get them. Um, I feel like they're all three going to be monsters for years to come. Okay, mine, I've already kind of mentioned them, but uh, it's Mark Andrews and Trent Taylor. Uh, Mark Andrews, I think he's probably a top five tight end um, at the end of the year and moving forward with that quarterback and that scheme. I just I think he has a really high uh, ceiling, and I think he has a pretty high floor as well, which in the tight end landscape, I, that's what's hard to find is that high floor, that guy that you can trust to get you know, somewhere around 10 points week in and week out with a little bit of touchdown upside. So try to get him now while he's cheap, and maybe you'll be successful because I think if he plays like he did week one in week two, you're probably not getting him unless you're giving up a lot. So I'd go get him. And then Trent Taylor, like I said, I think you can get him possibly free or for next to nothing. And when he comes back and is healthy, I think he probably is the number one wide receiver on that team. He's not going to get a lot of um, really deep targets, but he's going to get a lot of targets, and he's kind of a shifty Wes Welker type guy. So go and get him if you can. Okay, let's move on to uh, time to move on. The next one, yeah. So uh, how about, uh, yeah, the time to move on from. So I was trying to segue that, but I didn't do a very good job. So <laughs> I'll go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, Adam, why don't you get us started on that? So these guys are both injury problems. So, I mean, I, we try not to overreact to week one. I know that's kind of the debate that we've had. Um, but these two guys just seem to be not get out of their way. They just can't do it. So Hunter Henry and Darius Geis, I mean, I can kind of put them in the same sentence because they feel like they belong in the same sentence. Yeah. I, if I'm a Hunter Henry owner, I'm getting whatever I can. I, if you have the ability, keep him on your bench. Maybe he comes back. Maybe he's healthy. I, I don't think we expect him. If he plays this year, I don't think he stays in very long. So you don't start him with any confidence. So as far as a dynasty standpoint is concerned, maybe he comes back, gets you a good week, and you get rid of him. But I completely am trying to get out of him, get out from underneath him if I can. Same way with Darius, guys. I just too many things build up, lower body. Yeah. I just... Well, I think they finally put him on the IR today, right? Yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. done. Anyway, I don't have much more to say about those guys. I just don't trust that okay. risk. Yeah, I would say on a lot of this, when we're saying, you know, trade these guys, it's going to be really hard to get value for them right now. So the hope is they come back, get healthy, and then you get rid of them because they'll have a little bit of value then. But right now, if you offer Hunter Henry to anyone, I don't think you're going to get much. So if you can hold on until he comes back and hopefully has a week or two, that's when you need to get rid of him when he has a little more value. Right. Or if you see one of the guys we were talking about, like Adam Shaheen, somebody has him on their team, they're on their bench, try to go get a guy like that that they're not paying attention to. Yeah. They may know the name of Hunter Henry. They don't know this other guy, and they're thinking, man, I'm getting a steal, when in reality they're not. Right. All right. I don't really have any time to move on from. Like Adam said, it's still early in the season. Um I know there's a there's a few that I'm very close to saying that on. Um, 
Actually, the two you just mentioned would have been the two that I probably uh, had. I've got Hunter Henry in one of my leagues, and I literally cut him. So uh, I was done with him. But anyway, I'm, I'll turn it over to Eric. Uh, who do you have for time? Yeah, to I, it's Cam Newton and Ben Roethlisberger. They both have just looked awful so far. Um, when, when we say time to move on, we're not saying drop them. But in a lot of people's minds, those are starting quarterbacks that you can put in your lineup any given week if it's a good matchup and you can get points out of them. Or isn't streaming. Yeah. I mean, he's playing Tampa. You know, I, I'm i sorry not to interrupt no. you, but you think about Cam against Tampa. It's a very positive matchup, and he just looked so terrible. Yeah. It's I, I don't know what the problem is with Cam specifically. Um, he had a decent amount of yardage. You would think he could get the ball to Christian McCaffrey a few times, and McCaffrey could run it in for a touchdown, but it's just not working. And, you know, if Cam's sitting in the pocket, he's not going to be able to – throw against these NFL defenses. So um, I'm I'm ready to move on from those two personally. Um, obviously, I don't like Ben Roethlisberger to begin with, so it's not hard for me to say that, but he's looked really bad, and that offense has looked really bad, so I'm done with him. Okay. Well, now we're going to move on to our last segment, and it's called Muffins of the Week. So we have three different types of muffins. We have the Stud Muffin of the Week, we have the Brand Muffin of the Week, and we have the Dud Muffin of the Week. Expand so, upon brand muffins so they understand. So, yeah, so obviously you know what stud and dud muffins are. Brand muffin is the unsexy player that you still want to play because he's going to get you some points. He's going to you know be either consistent or going to be hot for a while. So uh, my stud muffin of the week is Alvin Kamara. Uh, he, Christian McCaffrey ran all over the Rams a week ago. I mean, not just running, but caught passes too that's what alvin Kamara is great at right i mean he can do both uh i'm i'm i think he can get more than 150 total yards at least one touchdown it's not going to surprise me if he gets two uh so in a half point ppr he's going to get 30 or more points yeah so i mean that's that's not even a bold statement. So. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> it's, it's not a bold not. prediction. I mean, <laughs> no. I'm just saying. I could you're make a, right. Yeah, I'm, I could make a bold prediction, but that's you're absolutely right. That's probably his floor. It sounds bold, but it truly, <laughs> yeah. Eric, what about you? Okay, so for my stud muffin this week, I went with Cooper Cup. Um, I think you brought up this game earlier. Vegas has it as a 52 uh, point oh, over under. So obviously, they're expecting a lot of points. Um, New Orleans has Lattimore, who I'm assuming is going to shadow either, I'm assuming Brandon Cooks, but it could be Robert Woods, whoever they decide to take out. I'm assuming that person's not going to have a great week. So that leaves Cooper Cup kind of in the middle against a safety, and that's when he really starts to shine. I mean, he had a decent week last week, but first first week back from the injury and stuff like that, a little rusty. Um, I just think with that defense and this offense, and it's probably going to be a high-scoring game, he has a huge week, and you know he's a touchdown monster, mm-hmm. and he didn't get that last week, and I think he can get at least one, maybe two this week, so I think he's going to be really good. Oh, yeah, for sure. So yeah. I say, yeah, my stud muffin is um, Keenan Allen. <laughs> so I know he had a great week last week, and I expect nothing less from him this week. So um, Fitz went off for 113 and a touchdown against him last week, or against Detroit, I'm sorry. Um, Keenan Allen at eight for 123 and a touchdown. I see him around the same stats at least. I mean, we don't know what Mike Williams is going to be, or we don't know if he's going to play or what his health is going to be, but on or off the field, I don't care. I think that Keenan Allen's going to get his 10 to 15 targets that he's going to get, and he's going to produce. Yeah, and you have to assume Austin Eckler doesn't do what he did last week, so right. some of that production probably goes to the receivers. Right. Yeah, good point. Okay, now we're going to run around the table here and do our brand muffin of the week. Uh, mine is Derek Carr. He's going up against Kansas City this week. He's playing at home. Um, they're going to have to score points to keep up with the Chiefs, right? So, you know, and we, we just talked about it earlier in the trending up segment, or at least I brought it up about the, you know, the Raiders offense. And, I mean, you know, it looks better than we thought it would. At least it looks better than what I thought it would. Uh, they've got a couple of good pass catchers at least. If not, maybe one that they need to groom a little bit more to bring in. They've got Josh Jacobs, who can also catch passes. But, uh, I mean, I just feel like, you know, he, he's a little unsexy because he hasn't done that well for the last couple of years. But I believe this week and maybe even moving forward, you know, he's going he's gonna to be somebody worthwhile to play if you have him on your team. Yeah. Okay, well, sticking with that same game, my brand muffin is the person he'll be throwing it to and Tyrell Williams. Um 
in my mind, Tyrell Williams is not this great number one wide receiver, but he is their number one wide receiver, and he's going against that Kansas City defense, and that defense, unfortunately, doesn't look any better than it did last year, really. So there's going to be a lot of points scored, and you know, last week he had six receptions on seven targets, he had a touchdown, 105 yards. I mean, that's a pretty solid week mm-hmm. um, against a decent defense by all accounts. Right. So I'm assuming he's going to do something similar. So. I think you should play Tyrell Williams, even though he's unsexy. Yeah, plus matchup for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mine's Jameson Crowder. Um, I don't expect him to get his 17 targets, but I'm gonna put my weight in thinking that it was more. Last week's target share was more about Adam Gase than it was about Sam Darnold. I know we've got Trevor Simeon coming in, but we know Adam Gase loved Jarvis Landry. He loved to feed him the ball and overfeed him, and he loved the slot receiver. So I think. Jameson Crowder is that exact same guy. He may have a stat line for 10 catches for 80 yards, but I think I would take that with my what with the guy that I'm just throwing in there in the flex. Yeah. Okay. So now our dud muffins of the week. Mine is Cortland Sutton, and he's going up against the Bears. If we can agree that uh, Devontae Adams was a little better uh, wide receiver than Cortland Sutton, and maybe has a better quarterback throwing him to throwing him the ball than Cortland Sutton does. Uh, then we can compare that against last week when uh, Devontae Adams only had four catches for 36 yards. Yeah. So I just, I don't see the bears defense giving up much to the, basically the number one receiver for, for the uh, Denver. So if you have Cortland Sutton, I highly recommend finding someone else to play this week. I just don't think he's going to do anything. Yeah. Okay, my dud muffin this week is Marlon Mack. Um, people were real high on him going into the uh, season, and now he's even higher on people's minds because he had a great week one. But they're playing the Titans, who held Nick Chubb 75 yards. Um, I personally think that Nick Chubb is a better talent than Marlon Mack. Um, so you've got that, and not only that, you don't know the target share. I mean, he had more targets in week one than I think he did all last year. But Naeem Hines is still there, and if you know if they get in a negative game script and they don't trust him as the pass catcher, he could be the uh, Sony Michelle of Week Two. Right, yeah. I agree. Yeah, so my dead muffin is Aaron Jones. I'll stay with the Packers. Um, yeah, it's hard not to start him with the draft capital that you used on him, but with Lafleur coming in, we've had this debate <clears throat> before. <clears throat> we just have no idea how they're going to call that offense. So, and I don't trust Aaron Jones. <clears throat> I don't trust Aaron Rodgers, at least, to run the ball and to use their running back. They play Minnesota, who held the Falcons to 75 rush yards last week, and 24 of those came from Matt Ryan. So, wow. yeah, I mean, obviously the game script was flipped, and it was a little outlier of a game, but I don't see Minnes- or I don't see Green Bay moving the ball any better on them, at least through the running game. Yeah, well, to that point, I think him and Jamal Williams had a 50-50 uh, snap share split, yeah. so it's really hard to trust him in that offense right now. Okay, well, that ends our uh, muffin segment. Do you guys have any last comments? No. All right, well, that's our show for today. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, We'd love to hear from you, so please send us an email at dynastyguysff at gmail.com. That's dynastyguysff at gmail.com. And follow us on Twitter under at dynastyguysff. So thanks again for listening and good luck on your 2019 Dynasty football season. Thanks, everyone.